You are listening to the Courageous Living Podcast with certified life coaches and ministry leaders, Sarah Tolbert and Heidi McLean. The Courageous Living Podcast is about you and how you can live courageously in spite of fear and past experiences. Their goal is to empower you with knowledge, skills, and techniques they share with their clients to help you live a more joyful, purposeful, and fulfilling life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Courageous Living Podcast. Sarah and I are excited to have you join us today. Courageous Living is about moving forward despite adversity or feeling afraid. It's about being willing to take a risk, stepping outside your comfort zone, and becoming the best version of you. And we're here to help you do just that. At the beginning of each episode, Sarah and I will be sharing something that happened the past week that gave us a sense of accomplishment or fulfillment, and we're going to call it our win. It's a way to help break the ice and give you a sneak peek into our lives and let you see what motivates us. Following our win, we'll talk about the topic for this week, and at the end, we will wrap it up with a challenge just for you so that you too can have a win of your own. Welcome to our podcast. Heidi, what was your win this week? Well, as a ministry leader, one of my responsibilities is to teach the adult Sunday school class. And this past Sunday when I taught, I just really felt good about the message, the delivery of the message, and the engagement of those who participated in the class. And I left feeling so grateful for the Holy Spirit that was there and so grateful for the inspiration I received from God while preparing for the lesson. It was just one of those experiences where everything just fell into place and it came together in such a beautiful way. And it just made me feel like I was at the right place at the right time doing what God intended me to do. And I just love that feeling. That's awesome. Sarah, how about you? What was your win? So my win this week was just being proud of myself as a parent. That's <laughs> that awesome. Sounds silly, but <laughs> I, I just felt really connected to my kids this week. I just, I try to stay consistently connected to them, but you know, I'm human. I make mistakes too, and I get busy and distracted. And I really have to work hard to be intentional in scheduling time with them. Yep, I said it. Schedule <laughs> time with my kids and my husband. <laughs> Way to go. Thank you. Well, each kid, you know, they're so different and their needs are just so different that I really have to make sure that I plan a date yeah. and I just sit down with each of them individually and I just really take the time to let them vent, cry, share the successes, their sadness, whatever's going on with them. And I just, you know, I allow that space so that there's no agenda and it's all about them. And by doing that this week, I just had no idea how much my older two kids were struggling. They're having mm -hmm. issues at school and with their friendships. And by sitting down with them and their pain and just talking about it, I really got to connect with them in a way that I haven't for a while. Like I had no idea what they were going through and it just felt really good to be in their space and that they trusted me enough to share it with me. So I definitely would say that's a parenting win for Most the week. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's get started. Today we want to talk about loneliness and loneliness can affect so many things in your world. It can even create a barrier between you and your relationships, just like mm -hmm. it did between me and my kids this past week. I wasn't available to them and they felt lonely as they struggled with their friendships in silence. Mm -hmm. So in talking about loneliness, what is loneliness and how does it impact our lives? Well, loneliness has been a common word in my coaching practice lately, probably yours too. Heidi. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like most of my clients have experienced or are experiencing a season of loneliness right now. Right. And the best way I can describe loneliness is that it's an absence of something or someone. And it's ultimately an isolation. Yeah. It can be a perception or it can be a reality. And loneliness is really devastating, especially the kind that's perceived, because it can be changed with improving our thoughts about our loneliness or isolation. Yeah. But whether perceived or real, it's very real to my clients. They feel so isolated, so out of touch, depressed, sad, angry, lonely, that they don't know how to move forward. And maybe that's you listening. Let's talk about how we get there in the first place and what to do when we're stuck in a season of loneliness and how to restore relationships as a result of feeling lonely and isolated. Now, how do we get here? Well, when I think of loneliness, I think of all the mega famous people, all the rich, crazy rich people and how they're never alone physically, like they never have time to themselves. And what's kind of ironic in that is that I've seen so many interviews of these mega famous people and they often say how lonely it is to have everything because by having everything, they really have no one. They're not allowed to have people around them. They're not allowed to be out and about by themselves and relationships are lacking because they can't ever be alone. Think about it. You can have everything in the world and still be lonely. That's because we're created for relationships with people, not things. Absolutely. To love and be loved. And if that's absent from our lives, we feel very lonely. I remember in high school, I was quote unquote friends with mm -hmm. everyone. Yet I felt like I had no one. I was very lonely and it led me to a life of secrets and superficial friendships. And I desperately wanted to be close to people, but my mind told me to protect myself and to keep people at arm's length. And after a lot of growth mm -hmm. and healing, I understand now that the thing I personally was missing was my relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, it could be that for you as well to those listening, or maybe it's something else for you. I realized all those years growing up that there had been this huge void in my heart and nothing, no one, no thing could fill that void. I tried to fill it with drugs, alcohol, sex, relationships, stuff, money, you name it. It was never enough. And I thought there was something mentally wrong with me. I really did. Uh, we all go through similar things like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I really think so too. And I think how I got there to a place of loneliness was also because I was teased as a kid. I mean, I was so skinny and it took my body a while to develop. And so I was teased in middle school and just felt so alone. Like no one understood what I was going through or what I was feeling or how those words cut me. And, you know, though I'm sure I wasn't the only one in that predicament, I felt like I was, you know what I mean? I yeah. felt like it was just me going through this. And I think from then on, in order to avoid that feeling of being teased and isolated, I just shut down any chance for any relationship, any deep relationship. Even my boyfriends, like they didn't even last but a few months because I was like, yeah, okay, 
bye, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> but it's a really dark place to be. And sometimes the isolation and loneliness can come from a loss, an abandonment, a death, an illness, a sudden change like a move or a divorce or some other tangible reason. Because these events are real and not imaginary or perceived, it can really take a toll on our mental health and it can cause us to feel even more lonely and isolated. That is so true. And I think those are Satan's two most powerful tools, trying to get us to feel isolated and the belief that nobody else could understand what we're going through, that we are alone, that this is just something we experience and that others don't. And I really appreciate that you mentioned that loneliness can come from a loss or a death or a divorce or that can be caused by our perceptions. Because if you think about it, when we lose our job or a loved one dies or our partner decides to leave, those things are completely outside of our control. And those things are extremely painful and leave us feeling lonely because, you know, it was something that we had and now it's missing or gone. And our spirits are eternal and having things come to an end is difficult for us to process physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But perceived loneliness is a little different in the fact that it is something that we actually do have power over. And in many cases, we have actually created or contributed to our loneliness by our beliefs, our thoughts, or even by our choices. Yeah. So I have this friend, she's beautiful, kind, talented, and has one of the strongest work ethics I have ever seen. And yet she is extremely lonely. Mm. She has the belief that her only value is that of a provider to her children. She has the belief that men are only interested in her for sex and that no one wants to pay her the money she's worth for her skill set. And so my friend, she works three to four jobs to earn the same amount of money Her skill set would provide if she actually invested the time in her business and targeted her audience correctly. Um, She also turns down anyone who asks her on dates and then turns down invitations to parties and social get-togethers because she's so tired from working her many jobs. She lives to work and works to live. And it's just this endless cycle. And it just creates that cyclical experience of feeling alone and loneliness. Now, her loneliness is one that she has created and sustains by her beliefs and by her thoughts. She subconsciously pushes people away and opportunities away from her that would help her feel loved and connected. And she does this because it goes against the story she tells herself or her internal narrative. And Sarah, you can attest to this. We see this often with our clients. Oh, yeah. The great news is that once you identify how your beliefs are contributing to your loneliness, you can change them. This is one of our greatest privileges as coaches is to see our clients transition from feeling isolated and alone to feeling connected and loved through changing beliefs about themselves or the world around them. And both of us, we desire nothing more than to see our clients live fulfilling and joyful lives. So you may not have considered this or know this, but our brains are designed to keep us alive. It looks for ways to keep us safe. And so when we establish a belief, it naturally looks for what's called confirmation bias. The brain literally looks for validation for that belief and automatically ignores anything to the contrary, even if the information to the contrary is actually true. 
this confirmation bias was developed more extensively through our ancestors. Now you think about it, they used to hunt or gather food and it was vital for them to know which animals or plants were safe and which ones were not so they could survive. And so the brain would record what the brain believed to be safe and unsafe. And our brains are still wired that way. And so when we develop a belief, it's to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And our brains naturally seek that confirmation that that belief is true or validation for our beliefs. It's, a naturally, it's naturally wired in us as a protection mechanism. So once we establish a belief, the brain will look for anything to confirm that fact. The brain will also naturally ignore outlying facts from our chosen beliefs, even if those outlying thoughts are true and our belief is false. This is what creates personal bias. And that remains true until we have or create an experiences that changes that belief. Our personal bias or beliefs heavily influences our feelings of loneliness. So does knowing all of this change the pain associated with loneliness? Nope. <laughs> nope, not nope. in the slightest. <laughs> However, knowing the source of your loneliness, knowing if it becomes from a belief or an external situation can help you know how to navigate through that loneliness and pain and can actually empower you to minimize those feelings through taking necessary actions or steps. Absolutely. That's so good. Good stuff. So how do I navigate this season? I'm stuck. I think the first thing to do is discover how did I get here? Yep. I mentioned before, was it a specific event a reality or was it a perceived or imagined circumstance that caused you to feel lonely? Either way, take note of how you're feeling about it and don't just dismiss or ignore it. Don't bury those feelings like I did or like many people do. Mm -hmm. There's value in searching for the truth of why you feel the way that you do. And I think it's important to remember too that no one person, no one circumstance can make you feel anything. Not loneliness, not sadness, anger, nothing. Those feelings come from how you think about your circumstance. You Mm -hmm. have a thought. You feel lonely. Why? What was the thought? What can you do next to intensify this feeling or release it? What do you want to do about it? And you can find comfort in your pain. Take a walk, get moving, go outside, go to church or find a support group and make new friends and just see that you're not alone so many people are struggling with the same things you're struggling with you just don't know it because you're lonely and you isolate this is also where coaching is super helpful to you because for example Heidi and I we're not just a support system for you we're here to talk through things with you so that you can see your loneliness your isolation it's just a season it's not who you are right you don't have to stay there you don't have to stay stuck for my brothers and sisters in Christ you can seek comfort in the Lord first Corinthians 3 through 7 says that he offers comfort for all all you have to do is ask Ask the Lord. It doesn't mean that he's going to remove your troubles necessarily. Maybe he will, but it means that he will give you peace, comfort, understanding, encouragement, and hope as you navigate this season. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, Sarah. That's great information. I know for me, changing my environment always helps. 
And when I've been a single mom, I felt lonely often when my children were gone to their dads for visitation, going outside for a walk helped. But you know what? So did cranking up my favorite music and dancing (laughs) out my loneliness in the living room. Yes. Or just getting out of the house, rolling down the windows in the car and going for a long drive. The wind in your hair, the music, it's awesome. Other things that helped me was to intentionally use that time to reach out to my friends. Usually within a few sentences of talking with my friends, those feelings of loneliness would completely disappear and I'd be captivated what was going on in my friends' lives. And, you know, with friends, laughter usually ensues. And so it was very healing and the loneliness would totally dissipate. And when friends weren't available, maybe I'd go outside and talk to my neighbor, or I would volunteer in my community. I cannot tell you how much volunteering soothes the soul. Yes. And one question I ask myself when I'm feeling lonely is, what can I do so I don't feel like this? Because I don't like feeling that way. I know none of us do. And typically when I'd ask myself, what can I do so I don't feel like this? My mind would actually give me the answer, even Mm -hmm. if it was going into the kitchen, making some popcorn and rewatching one of my favorite movies for the 20th time. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Those are all really good things. I I remember doing some of the same things when I was a single parent. I remember dancing with my little girl and and when she was gone, I'd still dance. I didn't care if she was there or not. I was going to dance in the living room. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. So just remember loneliness is a state of mind, but it can also be a physical absence of community, Mm -hmm. whether perceived or real loneliness can impact your life in negative and positive ways. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Sometimes we need a season of loneliness to just regroup and discover our purpose or our passion. Sometimes we need to be lonely to remind ourselves what matters and we don't have to stay there. For me, when I'm faced with a season of loneliness, I remember that I can seek the Lord's face for my comfort. I can go for a walk or I can sit outside on my patio. And sometimes while I'm sitting outside, I'll just close my eyes and just feel the sun on my face and just feel the breeze of the wind through my hair and listen to the birds chirping or the rustling of the leaves in the trees. It just really helps me to feel connected to the only one who can truly comfort me, which is the Lord. And we're here, we're created for connection. People may leave us, they'll come and go, they may disconnect from us, bad things may happen, we may experience loss, but one thing is certain, God will never leave us. And if you don't believe in God, I would just encourage you to explore your surroundings in nature, just get connected to the beauty of the world around you. There's so much to be grateful for. Fight for your mental health and let your spirit be filled with peace and comfort. Combat loneliness with your mind, spirit, and your body. I love all of that and love that you said fight for your mental health because that's actually what you're doing. And it made me think to a time just following my divorce when I was in a really dark place. My children were gone with their dad for their extended summer visitation for the second time, and I was extremely lonely. I remember just sitting on the couch, staring at the wall, literally just drowning. And I didn't recognize that my loneliness had led to depression. And there were days where I wondered, you know, if it was even worth it to keep fighting. And there were two things that saved me. And the first is that I poured out my heart to God and I literally said, I am hurting right now and I just don't feel like going on. I need your help and I need it right 
now. Mm. And within a few seconds after praying that, I felt this warmth wrap around me from the top of my head to my toes. It wrapped around me and filled me, my entire body. And it was so comforting. And I knew it was like God hugging me and telling me that things would be okay. And from that relief, I remembered crying because the relief was so tangible and so different from the pain. And I knew he was there. I knew he had heard me. And it was such a beautiful gift. And it gave me the energy and strength to move forward. And the second was that I had told a friend that I was drowning in my loneliness, that I just didn't even want to get up in the morning. And this sweet friend, she's been my lifelong guardian angel. I swear, I just love her. She was so gracious and bought me a plane ticket to come visit her and stay with her and her family for a few days. And that change of scenery, that love and the perspective helped me to see that you know what, I needed to address my depression and get the tools I needed to manage my loneliness. And that's actually what springboarded into me becoming a coach because they helped and they helped me to overcome those things. And those are the tools that Sarah and I are passing on to you today. You know, we need to remember too that it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel scared and lonely, but we do not have to live in the pain. There's a couple of things that I just want to mention is if you're experiencing loneliness to the point where you don't want to get up in the morning, that loneliness has probably led to depression and to seek additional help for that. And the second thing is, as we learn to manage those feelings of loneliness in an active, mindful way, that we're not only empowering ourselves, but we're also setting an example for our children and teaching them those tools for when they're feeling lonely, and also setting an example with those we associate with. Absolutely. All right. Well, your challenge this week is to discover something that brings you peace to combat your loneliness. Is it taking a yoga class, building something with your hands in the garage, taking a ride in your convertible, Mm -hmm. grabbing coffee with a friend, praying, listening to a favorite song? I put on my 80s playlist sometimes and it lifts me (laughs) up so fast. I love 70s and 80s music. Me too. But make that your go-to for combating loneliness. And then just Imagine, picture in your mind how different your relationships will be when you can navigate those feelings and navigate that loneliness in a healthier way. Picture an abundance of healthy relationships and make them happen. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Like and follow Sarah and Heidi on their Facebook page, Tolbert and McLean Coaching, and share with them your stories, thoughts about today's episode, and let them know what topics you'd like for them to discuss. If you have any questions for Sarah and Heidi, or would like to schedule a coaching session, you can email them at tolbertandmcleancoaching at gmail.com. See you next week.